welcome to The Coach's Notebook, brought to you by Susano's Pizza. I'm your host, Dr. Susan Cole, I'm the director here at Coach College. I hope everyone has a Thank you for tuning in. Last week was our first episode of The Coach's Notebook, and we had head coach Josh Funk with us to talk about women's ice hockey. With me today for our second podcast is our head men's soccer coach, Jeff Moore, and his assistant, James Dempsey. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are we doing? Doing great. Yeah, doing brilliant. Jeff, you were hired January 8th of this year. How have you settled into the first month of the job? Yeah, it was definitely an adjustment and, um, you know, it's going very well so far. You know, I've got the help of two excellent assistant coaches who ran the program in the fall, um, James and Xavier, and they did a tremendous job keeping the group together, um, keeping them excited about what's going to happen in the future. And so the transition with the new players uh, has been excellent. And, um, you know, I, I think a big part of that is, is you know, the continuity with, with the coaching staff and, and the comfortable feelings that those guys have with James and Xavier. Um, you know, they've also done a great job with the recruiting. So, you know, I don't feel like we're, we're starting from square one. You know, we've got a lot of really good prospects that we're looking at that um, they've identified and we're working on. So um, it's been a pretty seamless transition. Um, you know, the snow was a bit of a surprise. I, th- I think I was uh, sold a bill of goods here because I <laughs> came from New York and as I've gotten here, it's been cold and snowing. So I don't know what happened there, but otherwise it's been brilliant. Well, you mentioned you transitioned down from New York. Tell us a little bit about where you were prior to Hood um, during your kind of your coaching experience up until this point. Sure. So prior to coming to Hood, I was at SUNY Morrisville, uh, which is a small ag and tech college. Um, you know, it was a very, very small town. I think we have more cows than we had people <laughs> and maybe even students if you factor them in as well. Um, spent five years there, four seasons. We had the one COVID year. Um, really was a great experience. Uh, I enjoyed working with, the, with my student athletes there and I, I certainly do miss them. Um, learned a lot about myself as a, as a coach. Um, and, you know, we had a lot of success there. Uh, prior to that, I spent nine years at uh, SUNY Oneonta. Um, you know, had a, a, an amazing run of uh, success there. With three times we went to the Final Four, four Sweet 16 appearances, um, you know, countless All-Americans, all-conference players. Um, you know, I think that really shaped my personality as a coach. I learned a lot from the head coach there, Ian Byrne, um, you know, about managing players, um, you know, and how to, how to run a program. So, um that was that was that nine year period, and then prior to that, I spent five years at SUNY Delhi. It was a two year school. Um, you know, we had a lot of success. Uh, really enjoyed that. It was a different experience with working with two year players. You know, it's a lot of you know trying to find places for them to go after uh, Delhi, uh, trying to help them move on to you know Division One, two or three schools. Um, you know, and, and the recruiting process is different. It's you know fifteen players a year because you know the turnover is high. Um, but that was sort of my start. Um, you know, prior to me taking the job, they had never missed the postseason. Uh, in my first year, we missed it. Oh no! <laughs> and uh, and so I was, I was wondering if I was maybe not cut out for that. But you know, by the time I left, we we were quite good, and and we were I think finished sixth in the country uh, our last season there. So, um, you know, so that's sort of my coaching background, and um, you know, it's been great. And and you know, not working in the state university of New York system is going to be a bit different. So I'm looking forward to it. Good. Well, James, you found yourself in a leadership role this fall. Tell us a little bit about 
your transition from a player to a coach and tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Yeah, um, I'll start with myself. Um, I'm originally from Ireland. I moved over to America in 2017 to start college as a freshman in Mississippi. Um, spent five years in Mississippi, then moved to Colorado. Um, took a kind of a gap year just to work and get more experience in coaching. I coached a high school team out there and a couple of club teams just to figure out like post-grad, was this something I was really taken seriously that I wanted to pursue in the future. And after that year, it kind of cemented in my mind that I wanted to pursue the graduate assistant route um, to get my foot in the door with college coaching um, because that was the level that was my ambition that I wanted to coach at. Um, and so, yeah, the GA position was open um, this time last year for Hood. And I obviously submitted an application. I was interested in moving to, you know, this area of the country, Washington, D.C. area. Um, it sounded exciting. And so luckily enough, you know, the interviews went well and um, Hood ended up sounding like it was something that suited me personally um, as far as coaching and like my background from undergrad, very similar. Um, and so, yeah, luckily got the job and moved up here um, in August to start the preseason and yeah, there was a dramatic shift. I ended up getting the interim head coach role. But at the end of the day, um, even though it was a bit of a shock, it's ultimately what I really wanted to do. Um, so the opportunity arrived earlier than anticipated, but I was really glad that it happened for me because it, I got full immersion in, in what I was interested in and got to take all the duties, the roles that goes into it and now I feel a lot more confident and comfortable um, moving forward in the future, knowing that I've been there, done that. Um, so yeah, came to Hood and got an awesome opportunity. Well, we appreciate all your contributions thus far and, and now working under Jeff, you, that's gonna be another experience for you and, and another expert to learn from. Jeff, you talked about the level of success that you had at Oneata what were some of the key ingredients of that success there? It, you were able to be successful consistently. What would you say are some of the the key aspects that were really built into that? Sure. So I think for us, it always started on the front end in the recruiting process. Um, we spent a lot of time evaluating players. You know, um, you know, thirty minutes at a showcase was never going to be enough. You know, it was three, four, five times we'd go watch a player before we make a decision on them. Um, and we're evaluating not just the, you know, the technique and the athleticism. You know, we're evaluating character, um, you know, doing our due diligence, talking to coaches, talking to you know, their opponents, um, getting as much information on players as we could get. So that was always, you know, the, the starting point is, is recruiting quality players. Um, you know, from there, when we get them in, you know, it's simple. You know, that, that, that keep it simple, stupid mm -hmm. <laughs> acronym. Um, it's good for, for Valentine's Day kiss, right? Um, <laughs> you know, we didn't overwhelm them with a ton of tactical ideas. Um, you know, our training sessions were, were very simple. It was, it was all about small-sided games, um, you know, creating partnerships with players on the field um, and allowing them to make decisions. Uh, I think that, 
you know, our philosophy was that we didn't want to overwhelm them with a bunch of different ideas. We wanted them to, to, to express themselves on the field um, and, you know, to enjoy that process. Um, you know, I, I think the comment Ian made to me at one point, I think it was in the conference championship game, maybe 2014 team, and uh, he said, you know, the guys are coaching themselves. Mm. And, you know, that was a really, really big thing for me to hear because, I, you know, as a coach, you always think that you have to have your hands on everything. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea that the players are really driving the ship um, sort of became a central theme to how I want to coach. Um, I want to give my players the responsibility to, to take the team where they want to take it. And, and my job is to give them the guidelines um, to stay inside and, 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 you know, make sure that we're working hard and um, we're organized and that we understand our defensive shape and our responsibilities. But ultimately, you know, soccer is not football or basketball. Um, we don't have plays. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's players need to be able to make decisions on the spot. And I feel like the m- more information you give them, the harder it is for them to, to create and, and express themselves. So, you know, that was really the, th- the, the style that we coached with. That's the way that our players played with. And, um, you know, when we would, you know, fall behind or we would be struggling in a game, you could see that, you know, this is, this is us. We own this. We're going to, we're going to figure out a way to, to get a result. Um, you know, at a, at a saying that, um, if we have to give three Winston Churchill speeches a season, we're just not that good of a team, <laughs> right? Uh, it wasn't a lot about motive, like these big motivational speeches. It was just, hey, look, here's our job, boys. This is what we're expected to do, um, and let's do it. And then, you know, having that depth of talent in the team, you know, every training session is is intense. And you know, when you have an all state player that's, you know, the second string center forward. Um, who's just come in and is the hot shot and you know, your job is to make sure he doesn't play and his job is to make sure that you don't play. And it's that competition day in, day out that, you know, ultimately drives players to, to be their best, I think. Yeah. Well, I know recruiting is at the top of your list of priorities. Um, James, I know that you and Xavier have been recruiting since, you know, the fall. Can you both kind of elaborate on where you are on recruiting and um, kind of what you're still looking for in this spring or maybe if you're on to 25 or 26 yeah um well when i took the role in the fall um my job really i felt like was to pick up where the previous coach had left off in terms of the relationships he had already in place um of players who were interested in hood and really considering it like i didn't want um to lose the opportunity that was there with them so like i made sure to um you know acquire all that uh those inf- the information and contacts and, and get in touch with them and make sure that i got out and evaluated them for myself to see you know were they a style of player that you know i was seriously considering as well um so yeah just got out there a lot of weekends in the fall once we got done with season and um did evaluations on these recruits and yeah um we're still we're still in the process of working with them um trying to get over the line is difficult right now with uh, fafa being delayed and stuff not really knowing financially where you know some of these recruits stand if they're going to be able to to make it happen or not but um I feel like once uh clarity is given on the fafa standpoint like 
we will start to get a lot of those recruits committed. Um, so yeah, and then obviously when Jeff came in, it was just a matter of you know updating him on what had happened already and where we were at with each recruit. Um, and you know we're still out every weekend making sure that we don't miss any potential player who could be a big impact for us going into the fall and make a difference. Um, so yeah, it's still a work in progress, but we're hopeful after we have an ID clinic on February 25th, um, that's going to be a really good event. We've got our top recruits coming to that. Um, we're going to close out on a lot of those players in early March. So yeah, we're just hopeful that we'll be in a, in a really good spot come the end of March. Yeah, so you know, the first thing I did when I got the job is um, I sent James a, a, a video of an ID event that I was at uh, back in New York, and I just said, you know, can you just take a look at this? Tell me what you think of some players. Um, and when he got back to me after watching, he kind of sent me 15 guys. He's like, these are the guys that I liked. And I looked at my notes, and I was like, okay. I had 14 of the 15. So we're, we're seeing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that really gave me a, a sense that um, – you know, the guys they had already been in the process of looking at are going to be similar to, to what I want in a player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that really helped me feel like, okay, let's focus on, on where we are with, with the players we're looking at. Um, I've added in uh, five players from New York that I had been recruiting uh, my, pre- my previous job and um, you know, kind of put that together and, and to form our recruiting class. Uh, Xavier was at the Best of the East in Chester last weekend. Um, and so we're kind of in that space now where we're starting to move to the, to the next class, 2025 guys. Um, you know, we're not looking to bring in a big class. We've got a, a good solid group of, of players and we're just looking to add to what we have. Um, you know, I think that our process is, is very selective. You know, as I alluded to with all the success we had at Oneonta, um, and we want to do our due diligence, make sure we're bringing in the right player. Um, you know, because four-year commitment you know we don't want guys leaving after a year or two years three right. years we want we want guys here for the long haul right um so making sure you get it right is, is, is super important to us okay i know that uh james you had been working on the schedule for next year um while we don't have all of that um nailed down yet uh, we're looking at that but can you talk a little bit about who we should expect to see on the schedule next year and um yeah, so um, Xavier and I made it a priority once we got done with season and even in the process of the fall season, um, we wanted to to line up some good opponents for, for next fall. Um, we felt that this previous fall, the, the opponents that we had just weren't quite, they didn't quite suit us the way we wanted it to. Um, but obviously we just inherited that, so we had to make the best of it. Um, but we knew pretty early on that we wanted to make some changes as far as who we're facing out of conference um, to better suit our squad and and what our what our goals are um, and so yeah we we added a new a new schedule that doesn't feature a good amount of those teams we played this fall um, it's still local rivals from you know Pennsylvania from Maryland local schools but we just feel like it's putting us in a a position to um, prepare us better for the conference and give us success. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. 
Um, yeah. Okay. We played Junianta, and I'm super excited about that game. My assistant coach at Morrisville got hired as their assistant, uh, so I'm looking forward to see him. Um, we'll hopefully beat him. <laughs> Hold that over his head forever after that. Well, what should we expect um, from you, Coach? Uh, what style of play do you like? You know, that is something for us soccer nerds. We understand there's a difference, right? England plays very different than Brazil. What style should we expect to see from your team? A lot of that's going to come out of the spring, right? In in understanding the personalities of our players. Um, I, I'm a firm believer that you can't put a square peg in a round hole. Right, and so we have to understand you know, the personality of our players. What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Play to our strengths and 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 avoid our weaknesses. Um, you know, ideally, we want to keep the ball. We want to play attacking, uh, high tempo football. We want to high press. Um, you know, those are things that we want to get to. Um, I don't know where we are right now. I've watched some film. You know, I feel like, you know, one thing that we will be for sure is is, is very compact in our shape defensively. Um, you know, I told the guys that, you know, rule number one is we keep a clean sheet. That's always the first thing. Um, and then we go from there. Uh, so, you know, four, two, three, one is kind of the way we're thinking right now. And, and um, you know, the spring will do a lot for us in terms of figuring out exactly what it is we are um, and who we are. And then establishing that identity over the spring and carrying it with us into, into the fall. Um, you know, that's... You know, I think that's the biggest thing is that we, we watch the game on TV uh, and we see, you know, Man City and, and they, they play this beautiful type of football. And that doesn't necessarily translate to the college game because they're the best players in the world. You know, and I, I said to our guys, I'm like, you know, when you watch Burnley, do they play like Man City? I'm like, no. And I'm like, well, why is that? Right? Because the, they're not at the same level as Manchester City. Um, and so I think the most important thing is to kind of figure out, okay, who we are, what do we have, and then play a system that suits us. Um, and then as we recruit, we recruit to that ideal of, okay, we want to get the ball on the ground. We want to play out of the back. We want to play, you know, high tempo attacking uh, football that people want to come watch. Um, you know, I say to the recruits, I say to our players, you know, I have to watch all of our games as the coach and I want to be entertained when I'm watching us because if I'm entertained watching us, then the people in the stands are going to be entertained and then ultimately the players are going to enjoy that. Uh, and so that's where we want to get to. Uh, but you know, initially we've just got to see where we are and, and kind of go from there. Right. So last year the NCAA changed the legislation so that we don't have weeks, we have days available. Does that play into what you want to get done in the spring and, and you know, the training that you're designing for the spring, does that, help you accomplish what you need to accomplish this spring? Oh, big time. Uh, I, I know, you know, for me and, and a lot of the coaches I've spoken to, you know, we're super excited about the extra days to, to train in the spring, um, especially coming into the new program. You know, that, that gives me an extra, what, 10, almost 10 days of training with them uh, based on, you know, from, from years prior. Um, you know, coaches are never satisfied. So we would love to have an extra day to play at a game <laughs> if in a perfect world, uh, give us two days to play games, but the extra training is going to be excellent. Uh, and it, you know, it gives, I think it gives the players a better sense of, of, you know, being part of a team throughout the whole year. You know, they, they come from high school and club where they're playing, 
I mean, they're playing all year round. And then they come to college and they don't have as many opportunities to play. And so uh, this will go a long way to giving them that feeling of, okay, I'm, I'm still playing a lot and I'm still with my teammates and we get a chance to play. And, um, you know, I enjoy being around the team. I enjoy being on the field with the team. I mean, that's my favorite part. And so in the spring, it would always be like, geez, we could just have more time with the guys. I would enjoy it more. Um, so we're excited about it. And, you know, like you said, it, it will give us a, a, a much better idea of where we are and where we need to go um, when we conclude the spring season. And I will add to that. We obviously are aware that we only had one day to compete in official games. Um, so as soon as winter break was over, like I made it a priority that I wanted to maximize that one day. Um, so I got in contact with Eastern University and Marymount in, in Arlington. And those are two programs, obviously we face Eastern in conference um, and we got a great win over them uh, at home here this past season. And, and Marymount is an out of conference opponent that we faced in the fall and they were really good competition. Um, so they're two, programs that I, I really wanted us to compete against in the spring to make sure that obviously number one that it's challenging our players um, and it will be a really good indicator of where we're at in terms of by the time we get to the back end of the spring training um, to see you know if that's if that's made us stronger if it's made us improve and then we can we can gauge that off of facing these two really good programs um, so I'm excited for that and I know it's going to get the boys excited as well because they know they're good teams. Um, so, yeah, excited for those programs to come here and play us. Good. And in Division Three, we're only allowed to have one play date in the spring, which is a little different than Division Two and One. But that is something that I know our, our fall teams look forward to every year in the spring. I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit. Year one goals. Can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, I, I think, you know, year one, I think the important thing is, like, have we improved? You know, you put a win number on it, and uh, I'm leery of doing that because, you know, if, if we say let's double our win total, and then let's say we double the win total, uh, it, the guy's like, okay, well, is that mission accomplished? Um, you know, so I don't like to put a, a, you know, a number on, okay, you know, we were, were X number of wins this year. Uh, X number wins the next and then we go that way. Like I, I really think that, you know, the goal for me is, you know, start creating a culture where the expectation is that we win and start creating a culture where the expectation is every day in training is a fight for my sp position. Um, and, you know, getting guys to understand that, you know, and I looked at the video and I talked to the guys about it is that, you know, the body language after we concede a goal, I could tell right away we were going to concede another, just looking at the film based on how we were feeling about ourselves. So creating that environment where we're confident, where, okay, if we do concede, we'll come back and get another. We just keep going and keep going and we fight. Um, you know, those are the things that for me is year one is super important. You know, that, that kind of culture shift of not saying like, I hope we win to we expect to win and um you know a one law one zero loss to a you know stevenson isn't a that's not a, a win for us right um that feeling of okay well we played a really good team well 
that like we need to get past that we need to be a team that says now that's not good enough we need to win these games um you know and you know like i said to the guys in our first meeting um ultimately is that you my philosophy is that we want to leave the program better than we found it and that is from a win-loss standpoint and that is from a culture standpoint uh, that's from a uh, community service standpoint like all of those kind of things tie into that philosophy of leaving the program better than you found it and um you know so you know that's sort of my goal is to get the ball rolling with that and, and the guys have been brilliant buying into it they've already come up with some ideas for community service they'd like to do um and and they're super excited about that idea and you know I've, like i said you know we want to approach every game like we're supposed to win them and um you know that's a mindset shift that that we need to have yeah well i think i will speak for many of us that we're very excited to see this new leadership come in and and see what um gets done in year one for you and and for the future of the guys so we we certainly are excited about that if our listeners want to know how they can support men's soccer how could they best do that well i think turn up to the games for one you know um playing in front of a lot of people is fun you know and um, we hope that we can give some excitement to the people watching um you know donations to the program are wonderful as well (laughs) you know we never will turn down any kind of monetary gifts to the program um you know, it just enables us to to do more things, um, you know, outside of just the games. You know, um, you know, trips with the players, um, you know, retreats in preseason. You know, just all those kind of little things are um, great, but they do cost a bit of money. And so, you know, any kind of help from that would be great. But you know, in the end of the day, um, those moments when I think back at Oneonta to to when we are winning these games and um the the level of um excitement from the community was such a big part of it and you know you know 2000 people in the stands watching mm-hmm. and uh, the students out supporting us you know that was a big thing i mean we played in nca tournament games away at you know places like amherst and stuff and the atmosphere was nowhere near what we had at Oneonta. And that was because of the relationships we built within the community um, and as well as on campus. So, you know, that's the biggest thing as a coach in a program that you want is that, you know, you want to see the stands full. And part of being, uh, having full stands is winning games. <laughs> you know, so that's sure. going to be, you know, it goes hand in hand. But that's really, you know, if anybody listening and, and, and they want to know how, how can you, you help make the Hood Men's Soccer Program better, come watch us and support us and be loud. I know in years past, men and women's soccer has run a pretty robust summer league in the summer. Is that going to continue to happen this summer? And if so, if a team wants to sign up, how would they do that? That's a great question. <laughs> Not there yet, Coach. One that I don't quite have an answer <laughs> to yet. Um, I, I do have a, a meeting on the books with Molly to get our heads around the summer league. Um, it's a great opportunity one for, you know, to give high school guys a, a chance to play somewhere. Uh, and, and to see our facilities, which are amazing. Um, and it gives us as coaches a chance to kind of you know, watch these guys play. Right. Um, you know, and that's, that's really, you know, a good part of it as well. Um, you know, so, yeah, that's, that's a big part of what we're trying to do here. Um, 
but I'm not exactly sure the ins and outs of it. So, so when that when that meeting happens, more information will be on the website. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll Perfect. get that on the website, and we'll reach reach out to coaches as well and make sure that that's um, well publicized. Okay. And we've got we've got an opportunity for the younger kids to the five to twelve year old range. We've got two Nike summer camps. Um, one is scheduled for the end of June, and the other one is scheduled for the end of July, uh, the last week of both months. So that's, um, you know, we get involved with the local soccer clubs and um, hopefully we'll get a bunch of the kids in the community signed up for that. And it would be great to, you know, put them through their paces for a week and um, help them help them get better and help them have fun over the summer. Social media. What all do you have for the men's soccer team? Are you on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? What all what handles do you want to share to our listeners? Yeah, we have we are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. And we have a Facebook. So basically the main ones. Um, Xavier does a great job with, with the Instagram and the Twitter. He's our tech guy on the staff. Um, so yeah, give us a follow on that. Awesome. Well, Jeff and James, thank you very much for joining us in Hood Athletics. I think that you see the vision that I've tried to explain to our coaches uh, since I've been here. And just being a part of an incredible journey as we continue to strive to reach higher levels of greatness every year. We will have the men's soccer schedule posted and updated as soon as we see receive the contracts from all the institutions for all the games. And once that's updated, it will be on www.hoodathletics.com under men's soccer. Thank you again to our listeners for joining us today for our second episode of The Coach's Notebook. And again, I want to thank the Hood College broadcasting staff for helping us produce our show and also want to thank Pisano's Pizza for their sponsorship. I'm Sue Kolb. Have a great weekend and go Blazers. The Coach's Notebook is made possible because of a collaboration between Hood College Athletics, Hood College Broadcasting, and Blazer Radio. The Coach's Notebook is sponsored by Paisano's Pizza, the proud sponsor of Hood College Athletics for over five years. Paisano's Pizza is owned and operated locally in Ballinger Creek. Download the Paisano's Pizza app to save $5 instantly on menu items such as cheesesteaks, wings, pasta, and pizza. For over 25 years, Paisano's Pizza has been serving hungry customers all across the D.C. metro area. At Paisano's Pizza, there's something for everyone.